Good morning to our guests, our friends, and Fellowship Olathe. It's so good to be with you this morning. I hope that you are having a wonderful day on this Lord's Day. Uh, I would like to invite you to take a copy of God's Word with you this morning and find your place in the book of Genesis. And as you turn to the book of Genesis, put your finger on chapter 15. Today we will see God's faithful promise in chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. And this is a timely message. In our world today, I believe that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, wants to remind us of this truth. We may face times in our life that are tough. We may face some trials and some fears. We may have doubts. And where do we turn to? I hope that we turn our focus to the Lord, not to the media, not to our neighbor, not to ourself, trying to reason what is right or wrong, but we find ourselves looking in the Word of God, praying and finding our comfort in the Scriptures, and that we see the promise that is found in our Lord. In reverence to God's word, would you please stand with me if you're able to stand as we read Genesis chapter 15, Genesis chapter 15, starting in verse 1 through 6. And the word of God says this, after these events, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. But Abram said, Lord God, what can you give me since I am childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Abram continued in verse 3, look, you have given me no offspring, so a slave born in my house will be my heir. In verse 4, now the word of the Lord came to, to him, this one will not be your heir. Instead, one who comes from your own body will be your heir. The Lord took Abram outside and said, look at the sky and count the stars. If you're able to count them, then he said to him, your offspring will be that numerous. Abram believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, as we gather around your word this morning, may you be glorified. We are grateful that your promises are true, that your promises will be completed. And Father, as we see your faithfulness in Abram, may we be reminded of your faithfulness to us. Lord, thank you for the free gift of salvation that makes us righteous, that justifies us, that allows us to be in your presence before yourself. And Father, the free gift of Jesus that covers our imperfection through his righteous blood is something that we can never repay. But we are thankful that you paid that for us and that you made a way back to you. Sin has separated us, but yet through your holiness you brought us to yourself. And so Father, I pray for the message today 
that you would take this perfect word and use this imperfect vessel to proclaim the wonderful truth that we see from it today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, in uh, Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, we see the comfort in God's promises. The comfort in God's promises. In verse 1, the Lord says to Abram, fear not. I am your protection. I am your shield. This is the first time that this phrase will be used in the word of God and praise the Lord that it will not be the last time we hear it from the word of God. And this is very comforting to Abram as he must have been facing probably some uncertainties during this time, probably some anxiety. And what would have brought that on? Well, if you remember, as we have been journeying through the book of Genesis, what happened in Genesis 14? Abram won a great battle versus a mighty king from Mesopotamia. Abram was unmatched. He took 318 men, and he wiped out this mighty king, Kedorlaomer. And maybe this king wanted revenge, or possibly the king from Sodom may have felt dishonored. If you remember, at the end of the battle, the king of Sodom came to Abram and offered many rewards. But yet Abram said, no, my reward comes from the Lord. So there's two scenes here that Abram may be wondering or thinking about these and have brought about uh, anxiety or some fear. Whatever the case may be, Abram was probably looking over his shoulder. Yet in the book of Genesis, what do we see? The hero shows up again. And the Lord says what? I am your protection. I am your shield day and night. The word of the Lord brings comfort to Abram and it brings comfort to us. It is our refuge. And if you're If you find yourself looking over your shoulder in fear, turn to Psalm 34. Psalm 34 verse 4 says this, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he rescues him. What a glorious truth from Psalm 34. So what does this section have to do with the New Testament believer? May you find your comfort in the Lord, whatever you may be facing right now. God never instructs, instructs in his word to fight worries, to fight fears and anxieties by arguing with them. His word instructs us to cast our fears, our worries, our anxieties to him in prayer. And we trust that God will meet our needs, whatever he may say or do, that God will meet him. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, cast all your care on him because the Lord cares about you. Wow, we have seen the comfort in God's promises in this first section. Now let's look at the next section, the human response to God's promises. In verse two, we see Abram say, but Lord, 
Lord God, what can you give me since I am childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. In verse 3, Abram continued, Look, you have given me no offspring, so a slave born in my house will be my heir. The response we see in verse 2 is that Abram is not struggling in his faith, but struggling in the timing of God's promises. Why do I say that? Well, it's been 10 years now since Abram has been in this land. And Abram has been blessed by the Lord. But there's something he is missing. Something that was promised and he's being impatient about it. What is that? It's an heir. It's a child. And God promises this back in Genesis 12. And he also says in verse 7 of Genesis 12 that your offspring will own this land. And though Abram was blessed by God with wealth, protection, prosperity, there's still something missing, and it brings a concern. And Abram shares that with the Lord. I want to add to this. There is nothing wrong with bringing a concern up to our Heavenly Father. By the word of God, I believe it's encouraged. Why do I say that? Well, Philippians 6 through 7 says this. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And here's the answer. Make your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, in Philippians 4, verse 7, which surpasses every thought, will guard your heart and minds in Christ. Folks, you may find yourself struggling with some timings. You may find yourself struggling on what's happening. But do not be discouraged. Fight against in being impatient. And remind yourself of the promises of God. His timing is always perfect. Do not move forward without God. Do not try to run in front of God or forget about God. Take the sword of your faith and look in the word of God and dwell in his wonderful promises that he has for you. We have seen so far in the first two sections of this sermon the comfort in God's promises. We have seen the response to God's promises. Now let's look at the affirmation to God's promises. That's found in verse 4 and 5 of Genesis 15. Now the word of the Lord came to him. This one will not be your heir. He, instead, one who comes from your own body will be your heir. And so the Lord took Abram outside and said, Look at the sky and count the stars. If you're able to count them, then he said to him, Your offspring will be that numerous. We see the affirmation here in verse 4. The word of the Lord comes to Abram. He tells him that an heir will come from your body. God states this to Abram in the simplest and clearest way possible. And God's promise is designed to overcome the laws of nature. And it's to overcome what men may say it can't be done. 
And this should not take us by surprise. We need to remember that we do not serve a God of the can-do. We serve a God who already has done. Before we ever exercise our little faith, God's plan is already in motion and he's already working behind the scene and he's already worked it through because of his sovereign power. And we also see in this section a visible, a visible affirmation. The Lord takes Abram outside in verse 5 and he gives an illustration to show Abram this is what your heir will look like. <laughs> Abram was considered was Abram was concerned with just having a single heir, a single child. And what does God do that he does? He blesses in abundance. Ephesians 3:20 says, "Now to our Lord who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us." That's who our heavenly Father is. That's our God. So what does this mean to you and I in the New Testament times? As God took Abram outside to look at the stars, to explain to, and remind Abram, Abram of his promises, maybe God wants you to go outside tonight and look up at the stars and remind you of his promise to you. I want to encourage you, if you're in a season of dryness, Turn off your electronics. Turn off the TV. And go outside and look up and take a breath of fresh air into your soul. And be reminded of Psalm 19, that the heavens declare his glory, glory and the skies proclaim the work of his wonderful hand. Be reminded of who you belong to and who lives in you and the promise that is to come. The best is yet to come for his children. So we have seen uh, the comfort in God's promise, the human response to God's promise, the affirmation of God's promise, and lastly, promise that leads to faith. Genesis 15 verse 6 says, And Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. One of the simplest yet greatest verses in all the Bible is right here. It tells us about Abram's faith and what it teaches us about, about faith. And it teaches us about our own faith. Here we see in Genesis 15 verse 6 the first two words mentioned that will be echoed throughout the generations in the Christian church. And it is foundational of our belief system. Of what, is, what are those two words? Believe and righteousness. This is where we get the doctrine of justification. Genesis 15 verse 6. Romans chapter 4. Galatians chapter 3. And James chapter 2. This is the reminder for us that we are justified not by our works, but by our faith. And this is very important. Why? Because people will say, well, if you just do good things, 
you will be saved. Well, if you just be a good person, you will be saved. Or you just keep the law of Moses, you will be saved. Well, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 4 says something about this in relation to Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. In Romans chapter 4, verse 2, it says this. For if Abram was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. Paul continues on in verse 3. For what does the scripture say? Abram believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Romans chapter 4 verse 4 continues on and says, Now to the one who works, his wage is not credited as a favor, but as what is due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in God who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Abram was saved by God not because of some work he did. Remember, Abram built altars and called out to the Lord. But Abram was saved because he believed. And as we have worked through the book of Genesis so far, we should be reminded that God is faithful to Abram and God is faithful to his children. And I believe that Abram is experiencing the truth that is found in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. At the end of that verse, it says, remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. That is the promise that comes through faith alone in Christ alone. And as Abram walked with the Lord, he grew in his love for the Lord. And as Abram looked at his life, he looked at his facts, he looked at his beautiful wife, and he saw that there was no possible way that the promise of having a child would come. But then he looked at Yahweh God, and he believed that God was a part of the facts around him. And Abram trusted that God would fulfill his promises. And it was imputed, given freely, credited to an account that was bankrupt to Abram. And he was righteous by his faith in God. So as we conclude, we have seen God's faithful promises. So what are the takeaways? Well, let me give you three points of truth from today's sermon. Number one, God is a comforter. John chapter six, verse 16, verse 7 says this. If I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go away, I will send him to you. Jesus is telling his disciples, look, I'm going to be with my father, but I'm leaving you the counselor, the great comforter, the helper. And in the Greek, the counselor means literally the helper, the help one. And as Jesus spoke 
of him as being with us and leaving us, he is in us. The words that are used here are to show a remarkable intimacy between the believer and the Holy Spirit, which means we now have a presence within us that it is powerful. And he is the great comforter because we never walk alone. We may go on missionary journeys. We may be imprisoned on the count of the gospel. Or we may find our own personal battles. But within us, the comforter is here. The helper is always beside us, within us, carrying us through the storm. Secondly, God is faithful. Charles Spurgeon once said, Our heavenly banker delights to cash his own notes. He never lets his promises rust. Folks, what God says he does, what he promises promises he will accomplish what he says in his word he will do his promises are true first kings chapter 8 verse 56 says this blessed be the lord who has given rest to his people israel according to all that he promised not one word has failed of all his good promises which he promised through the moses Moses and his servant. Do you have that hope that your promise will be completed through our Lord Jesus Christ? Lastly, God is gracious. Grace means that you get something you did not deserve. If you were able to earn your salvation by working hard, then God would owe it to you. But that's not the case. You can't earn it. It has to be give, given freely through grace. That's how we we're saved. Abram was made righteous because Abram turned from himself and turned to God and knew that God, God's promises were true. Do you know these promises of salvation. Are you asking this question today? Am I truly saved? Do you know where your eternity is if you take your last breath today? Don't gamble with eternity. Be certain. Put your faith and trust in Jesus today. Lean on him. Count on him. Count on the fact that Jesus died to pay for your sins and that he makes you righteous, that he forgives you. And ask him to cover your sins today. Do you know this grace? Do you know this salvation? Folks, at the bottom of this screen, there's going to be a number for you to text. There will be a pastor ready to hear from you who would, love, who would love to talk to you about this salvation. 
the righteousness that is found in Christ alone. Remember, don't gamble on eternity. Be sure that you know, that you know, that you know, like the book of 1 John says, that you are saved. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you that you forgive all sins. Lord, and it's not that we don't sin anymore. It's just that the eternity of sin that separates us, the broken, the brokenness that has come between the fellowship of man and God has now been fixed. For all who believe, In the name of Jesus. Because he came to do a mighty work that we could not do. Father, we can't build a tower. We can't build a ladder to get to you. You have to come down to man to save us. And that's what Jesus did. You built a cross to put our Savior on to open the gate for all who repent and call upon the name of the Lord Lord, to be saved. That that door is open and covered through the blood of the Lamb for people to walk through to spend eternity with you. Sin has no place before a holy God. And that's why Abram was credited righteousness because he believed. Therefore, salvation is, a, is credited to those who believe. And for us to be with you, Jesus. Jesus must be our Lord, our number one. So Father, if there's anyone here that's tuning in, who has never confessed, who does not know for sure if if they're saved, Father, may they seek, may they find, and may they call in and ask those questions. You give peace to your children. We're grateful for that. We love you and thank you for all things. In your precious son's name we pray. Amen.